Hello everybody and uh, I hope you're all well and lovely to have you joining me again for another Cat Cafe session. So today the focus remains with the urinary tract in many ways but we're talking about um, a strategy which is really important for many of the different causes of urinary tract disease which is to increase um, your cat's drinking and to therefore produce a larger volume of dilute urine if possible and this is helpful for a number of different causes of lower urinary tract disease in cats. But there are actually some other situations where it's also helpful um, to encourage drinking and encourage production of more dilute urine. And so we'll look at that uh, first of all, when it might be helpful to follow this strategy otherwise, in other words. Um, and then we'll focus really the, the bulk of the next half hour or so on what sort of tactics um, I can recommend that are helpful to to encourage your cats to take in more fluids. So firstly, let's look at um, the starting point. When might it be helpful? When might your vet recommend that it would be useful for your cat to take in more fluids, to drink more? And the answers to that include firstly, the urinary tract diseases, as I've mentioned. So for example, if your cat is vulnerable to stones, uh, which are causing cystitis or even blockages, then actually it's helpful to encourage production of more watery, more dilute urine, that flushes out those little crystals and, and hopefully stops uh, stones from being formed within the bladder, for example, uh, or elsewhere in the urine retract um, but also for many cats with idiopathic cystitis as well it has been shown to be helpful um, for them to produce a larger volume of more watery urine in terms of their lower urinary tract signs so hence uh, including this presentation within our lower urinary tract disease focus but beyond that, there are still other situations and probably more than I've put on this slide where actually encouraging your cat to drink could be very helpful. And the first of those would be if your cat has chronic kidney disease. Um, this is a topic we spent some time, I think it was in April, talking about. So if you haven't seen those presentations, they're on the video tutorial page of the website and you can go back and look at those. But those of you that do know something about CKD and cats will know that because of, of the cat's kidney disease, it leaves them vulnerable to becoming dehydrated and therefore encouraging drinking is often recommended so that the cat doesn't become dehydrated because the kidneys aren't working very well they're losing more fluids than they should and unless the cat drinks more to replace that they're vulnerable to becoming dehydrated so for these cats too it's useful if we can get them to drink more than perhaps they would otherwise choose to do. And the last example I put on this slide was elderly cats in general. Um, and the reason for this is that we know for a start that actually all cats um, are not very good at drinking. Um, and this is probably partly because of their evolution. They started off as desert dwelling creatures, very good at producing small volumes of extremely concentrated urine and therefore having a low requirement for drinking. But unfortunately, they're also, even when things change, for example, when they do develop kidney problems, they're not always as good at drinking as they should be. They don't tend to have this strong, what we call, thirst uh, reflex or thirst response. So helping particularly those older cats that are more likely to suffer from kidney problems to drink more might also be sensible. 
and this for example might be one reason that you may recommend uh, or a vet may recommend um, a wet food for an older cat just because it's more helpful in terms of supporting hydration and reducing the risk of dehydration. For cats with lower urinary tract disease, there are actually a number of uh, reasons, uh, some of these more proven than others, as to why that might be helpful. So I, I've already alluded to some of these in, in the previous minutes, um, but it is certainly thought to be helpful to, to try and sort of flush through the bladder, if you like, so that rather than there being uh, this sort of concentrated urine, which has um, quite um, uh, painful substances, substances like potassium, which can be a little bit irritant to the line of the bladder when present in large amounts, if we can dilute that out, then the urine is not going to be causing any, any inflammation in those cats vulnerable to urinary tract disease. And we're going to just keep flushing things through the system. But also, hopefully, we're going to reduce the, the risk of, of stone formation in those cats that are vulnerable to forming uh, bladder stones or stones elsewhere in their urinary tract. And then for cats with idiopathic cystitis, there also are a number of uh, theories as to why feeding a more watery diet uh, or encouraging thirst uh, may be helpful in these cats. And uh, I've listed some of these on the slide and they include, as you can see, even just the fact that a wet food to eat rather than a dry food is a different sensation for the cat. Um, perhaps it might take longer to eat the same amount of calories so that it may be a little bit more um, time consuming, a little bit more enriching, um, which may be important for those cats that perhaps live on their own indoors and they don't have much stimulation and, and where stress is a feature, which we talked about a lot last week. Perhaps feeding a wet diet can be helpful there. Um, there's also slightly different interaction with, with the owner when it comes to feeding wet rather than dry foods. And some people have hypothesized that that might have an impact on the cat's um, idiopathic cystitis as well. Um, but the last bit of information on this slide, which you can see a re reference to Markwell's uh, paper uh, 21 years ago, so 1999, a long time ago in science terms, but still doesn't feel that long ago to me. Um, but this is really one of the big reasons that we started feeding wet foods to cats with urinary problems and also encouraging increased drinking, because this was a study actually um, performed through one of the, the pet food manufacturer companies where they looked at cats with um, idiopathic cystitis and they put the cats onto either a, a wet formulation of a urinary diet or a dry formulation of a urinary diet and actually both of those formulations helped the cats but they found a much better impact um, with uh, the wet food rather than um, the, the dry food. So the recurrence rate, if you can see, was much lower with those cats that were fed a wet food and their urine specific gravity, a measure of how watery the urine is, um, was lower in those cats on a wet food, which is not a surprise because basically cats, they don't normally drink that much therefore a really good way of forcing fluid into them is to feed them a wet food. So this paper is often cited as one reason why we think encouraging drinking and feeding a wet diet are helpful in cats with lower urinary tract disease and I've certainly found over the years it's really helped many of the cases that I've managed. 
So how can we do this? What are the tactics? Well, the ones that I'm going to present to you now are all also contained in one of the free downloads on the website. And so if you go to our website, click on the helpful info top menu and then scroll down to free downloads, um, you will see a number of resources, some aimed at veterinary professionals, some aimed at cat owners. You do need to uh, register to log in to, to access that information. There's no charge to do that. And we will only contact you ever again if you want us to so we are totally GDPR compliant um, but you will find a technical guide there which includes pretty much everything that I'm going to say this afternoon. So firstly, um, choose a suitable water bowl. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, there are a number of features. And firstly, um, many cats um, prefer to have metal, stainless steel or glass or ceramic dishes compared to plastic dishes. So um, if you are wanting to encourage your cats drinking, that might be something to look at. Now, of course, there are always exceptions to every rule. And if you have a water bowl at home that is plastic and your cat loves it, do not change things because this is, I'm making some general comments rather than specific to your cat. But in general terms, they tend not to prefer plastic. Sometimes the plastic can affect the taste, the flavor of the water, and that's thought to be a reason why. But do experiment a little bit with the different types of bowls um, because you may find that some your cat prefers compared to others. Most cats also don't like their whiskers touching the side of a bowl. So whether it's eating or drinking, they, they prefer not to have to put their head into a bowl um, to eat or drink. So that means when it comes to drinking, um, shallow bowls are often quite good and also full. So fill them to the brim because cats prefer to, to just drink from the top of the water. When it comes to food and water it is better often to separate these as much as possible. So um, this is the reference to the double bowl and actually these cats are all eating which you can probably tell so they're not drinking um, and there are a lot of cats in this household and this was a, a convenient way for them all to get their food but if you have one portion of this bowl as food and the other side is water, um, often the cat will not drink as much as if the bowls were completely separated. So again, if your cat's completely healthy, this may not be at all anything to worry about. But if you're wanting to encourage drinking in your cat, then physically separating, having a little bit of distance, maybe just a, a couple of feet or, or a little bit more uh, between your food and water bowls is probably a good thing to try. And the reason behind that is thought to be that um, going back to their evolutionary heritage, if a cat was hunting um, and killing their prey species, that they wouldn't normally drink from water sources close to where they'd killed their prey in case they were contaminated um, by other uh, things inside the prey species. So get bowel contents, for example, that might uh, be a bit poisonous in the water. So that's thought to be the rationale why cats prefer separate food and water bowls. Have plenty of bowls. So if you have a big house and your cat spends time in all of your house um, and you're wanting to encourage it to, to drink more, then having plenty of bowls wherever your cat spends time is important, particularly if you have a cat that has arthritis or mobility problems where perhaps the effort of just getting up and moving to a different room, even on the same level of the house, might seem just too much. So for those cats, just have a bowl wherever the cat likes to spend time. 
And if you do have more than one cat, um, as discussed last week when we were talking about stress and cystitis, it's important to look at the social groups in your home. So whether the cats get on with each other or not, and make sure that each group of cats has plenty of resources so they can't prevent other cats from the house in the household from uh, accessing that uh, food or water, for example. So I've already mentioned as well away from the food bowl so just another reminder of that. Um, also try not to pick busy areas for anything that uh, takes a little bit of time and you want your cat to, uh, to be encouraged to do so um, in the middle of a, a doorway obviously would not be a good place but also by a noisy uh, dishwasher or washing machine also might not be the, the favourite place for your cat to spend time drinking and if that's something you want them to be encouraged to do then perhaps find a quieter space uh, to let them have that for their water bowl. And continuing that uh, comment about uh, old cats with arthritis and maybe not wanting to move too far to get to a food or water bowl or a litter box as well, um, then another thing that can help with the food and water is lifting up those bowls because um, if you imagine the normal posture that our cats adopt when we offer them food at floor level, they're obviously crouched down um, and many of their joints um, are flexed um, and if the joints are sore then perhaps that's a little bit uncomfortable whereas if we can lift the bowl up and there are some beautiful things out that you can buy such as uh, the example chime is modeling in the right hand side of the picture but uh, equally easy to do is to open one of your kitchen cupboards and find a bowl or a tub that you can use to to prop up uh, your cat's food or water bowl and that just lifts it up and makes it a little bit more comfortable for them to eat or drink out of. Another tactic that can help encourage drinking is moving water um, and there are a huge number of water fountains available on the market. Um, many of these are plastic but they still can be very popular but there also are some uh, enamel versions that I've seen um, and again if you've got one of these and your cat likes it then definitely stick with it. Sometimes they can be a little bit noisy and for some cats that's a little bit off-putting. And unfortunately, they're not cheap, so you can end up perhaps buying maybe one or two different ones and the cat doesn't like it and that's frustrating. Um, but they certainly can be popular in, in some situations. So again, that's something to consider. And you will all know as well, if you have uh, moving water sources in your household, which your cat has already shown you that they like, then perhaps we can exploit that a little bit. So, for example, uh, Oscar here, who loved to drink from a, a dripping bathroom tap, um, when he developed illnesses as he got older that made him a bit thirstier, um, his owner used to just leave the tap dripping a little bit um, for him to be able to access the, that whenever he wanted to. And the shower tray or the bath could also be another place that your cat might like drinking a little puddle of water from. Um, obviously, this picture is not really representative of that, but I just couldn't resist including it. This, this uh, adorable cat I met one day walking on a harness very close to me, and his owner's a vet student, and she very kindly sent me various photos of, of uh, Mr. Buddy uh, that you can see here having a little swim in the bath. He's quite an unusual little cat, um, but uh, the bath certainly can can be a popular drinking spot for cats as well. 
Other suggestions that you could potentially try, well, a shallow bowl with some ping pong balls to play in. Um, that might be popular for a cat to come over and interact with the bowl a little bit and also spend some time drinking. Um, again, I didn't have a good photo of that, but I did add a photo of, of my old cat Hobie drinking out of a mug, which he did from time to time. So again, if you find something your cat likes doing, even if it seems a little bit odd, uh, if it works, then you know you can carry on, you can use that, you can exploit that. Uh, in favour of your cat drinking more. Also think about the different types of water uh, that might be uh, possible to offer to your cat. So um, we tend to use tap water or most of us tend to use tap water and depending on where we live the tap water may or may not be terribly nice um, from a cat's perspective. It may be heavily uh, fluorinated for example. Um, so we can, if, if we think that perhaps the taste of the water is something that may influence our cats, we can try other things. So we can try mineral water, we can try collecting rainwater, particularly if you see your cat that goes outside drinking from puddles or water butts in the garden, um, then that might give you a clue that that's a more preferred uh, taste of, of water from their perspective. And beyond that, there may be other things that we can engineer that are tasty for a cat. So just a few examples uh, appearing on this slide. And so some of these are relatively labour intensive, such as poaching some chicken or some fish in a pan of water um, and then letting that water cool and giving that as a drink uh, to the cat. And if the cat is allowed to have the chicken or fish to eat as well, then they can they can have that as well. Um, or we can um, even just simple things like if you buy a tin of tuna in spring water, then that spring water drained from the can, um, you know, the cat can have that as a drink whilst you use the tuna to make your your tuna sandwich um, frozen prawns often there's a, a little bit of prawny flavored water that will uh, be residual in that bag that your cat can have as just a little little bit of an extra or you could even just liquidize some of those frozen prawns in water and make a just sort of runny uh, prawn infusion which is as a drink for the cat um, in some countries there are things that are marketed as water flavourers. I've, I've not got any experience of these, but when we come to the, the questions at the end, I would love it if any of you have had experience of that and are happy to share it, uh, whether you've tried products and whether you've found them helpful, that would be great to hear. Um, certainly more recently in the UK, we've had a lot of um, cat soups and stews appear um, in our supermarkets. So these are um, often their complementary foods designed as sort of extra little treats for the cats um, and uh, tend to be quite premium. So not, you know, quite expensive little treats for the cats, but can be very popular. And of course, where we're changing the cat's diet, um, do make sure that you discuss with your vet whether there are any reasons why whatever you're thinking of doing is perhaps not a good idea for your particular cat. Um, and reference here may be particularly those cats with chronic kidney disease where we want to be careful about how much protein and phosphate we give to these cats. So perhaps limit uh, that a little bit and discuss with your vets. If you do find a technique which works as well, for example, the, the poaching the chicken or fish and creating that infusion of, of flavoured water for your cat to drink, you can freeze that in an ice cube tray and then just plop one of those infusion ice cubes into your cat's water bowl to provide that uh, delicate uh, aroma of fish or chicken or whatever it was that, and that might encourage drinking. So have a little play with what works for you. 
other tips um, might include, well, certainly uh, make sure the water bowl looks appealing, that it looks clean and that the water is, is kept fresh. In general as well, cats will tend to prefer to drink water that is not too chilled. So in general, they'll prefer water at room temperature or perhaps even just very slightly warmer than that, but lower than their body temperature, clearly. Um, but every cat is different. So here's one example, um, a patient of mine called Tebow, and he liked to lick the, the condensation off a frozen bottle of water when it was brought out of the freezer and allowed to defrost. And uh, this uh, picture was kindly sent to me from his owner. So everyone is different and uh, some things work for some cats and not for others, hence including so many tips. Of course, as I said right at the start, if we're wanting to encourage water intake, then feeding a wet food is, is going to be a very effective way of achieving that because in, in general, that's going to be much more successful than feeding a dry diet and doing all of these other techniques to help the cat to, to or encourage the cat to drink more. But some cats will actually even um, eat food that is more watery than a normal wet food. And again, this could be something that is helpful if your cat has recurrent urinary problems or has uh, chronic kidney disease, for example. And Beanie here, you probably can't really see it. You'll have to take my word, but there is just a liquid food in that bowl. You can just about see a shadow of, of a fluid line. And he was quite happy eating basically soup for his food. And again, room temperature or slightly cooler than body temperature is, is ideal. For cats that are what I would call a dry food addict, so a cat that just loves dry food and doesn't eat wet food at all normally, and you may have tried to tempt them with various wet foods and soups and so forth, and they're just not interested, um, then there are still some options here for ways that uh, we can encourage water intake. Um, and slightly bizarrely, in that it to me doesn't sound like it, it should work, but it does in some cases, is adding water to a dry food, which feels like a very strange thing to do but if you have a cat that loves its biscuits adding a little bit of, of water to the biscuits the biscuits will swell a little and soften a little some cats actually will eat that when they will not eat the canned equivalent of the same food so it is a little bit mysterious but in some situations uh, it does work and if it does work what I would do is start very gradually uh, with an imperceptible almost amount of water maybe a teaspoon or a dessert spoon and gradually see how far I can push it and again sometimes owners have told me that their, their cat that is a dry food addict addict rather is now eating something that sort of looks like porridge is is fairly runny um, looks fairly disgusting in our terms um, but is an effective way of getting the cat to take more fluids. For cats with lower urinary tract disease specifically there are some specially designed diets that are available to support urinary tract health that for example will dissolve certain types of stone that will help to prevent formation of all types of stones um, and also that encourage drinking. So there are some formulations such as the Royal Canin SO uh, urinary diet that are designed with, with multiple aims, including encouraging um, thirst in those cats receiving it. 
in general still with the therapeutic diets we would prefer a wet food to be eaten rather than a dry but going back to those dry food addicts if your cat is a dry food addict with urinary tract disease this is one reason in my opinion to try and encourage them to eat uh, one of the therapeutic uh, urinary designed diets uh, because in that dry formulation it will be likely to be much more effective in supporting the cat's urinary problems than any other dry food diet would be. Other tips? Well, definitely, as with many aspects of feline medicine, um, being persistent and trying not to be daunted or um, downhearted by any uh, lack of apparent progress are, I think, useful tips to, to make and view it all in little steps, baby steps, be gradual. Cats are very good at uh, spotting when things have changed and naturally, I think, a little bit suspicious. So if we can make the changes gradual, it's much more likely that we'll be effective and also so just remember that even if your efforts seem to be unrewarded just whatever you're doing will be making a positive contribution to your cat so so stick with it there are some liquids that are probably best avoided or um, certainly discussed with your vet if you really do want to offer them to your cat. So uh, very salty liquids, so like brine, which sometimes uh, tuna cans, the tuna will be in, in this very salty brine, are probably not ideal because they have a lot of salt in them and that may have other health repercussions. Um, milk, some cats love milk, uh, not every cat does, but the problems or the downsides with milk are twofold really in that firstly if your cat has kidney disease milk is really not the best drink for it because it has a lot of phosphate and cats with kidney disease are vulnerable to accumulating phosphate um, anyway so we really don't want to give them any more phosphate than that so anything really dairy related is uh, is not ideal for a cat with kidney disease um, and secondly as I put here um, some cats will have diarrhea when they're um, fed cow's milk so um, that's you know can be a, another downside from a health perspective although it's probably more manageable um, in many cases and then lastly just to comment on safety of some things that we might use so cats um, are quite sensitive to some things they just can't process in the way that we we can um, and that would include onions and garlic so stock powders or stock solutions are generally uh, a no-no in cats unless you can see that there is no onion and garlic within them um, so avoid those otherwise and just be careful with uh, for example if you buy a pre-cooked uh, chicken from a supermarket um, or one of these chickens that comes in a bag already with herbs and spices and things in it often there is garlic or onion powder on these um, and so therefore giving the chicken meat or the juices from it to your cat could potentially um, have some harmful impact on their health. And then lastly, how do we assess the success of what we're doing? So if we're doing this for a reason, um, for example, a cat with lower urinary tract disease, that we want them to produce more dilute urine so that we reduce the risk of many of the causes of urinary problems, how can we actually monitor our success? Well, of course, we, we can uh, be really scientific and try and monitor how much the cat is drinking or if, if they're using a litter tray, we can measure the, the, the volume or the weight of the urine that they're passing 
housing um, that is certainly possible but probably the most helpful and I think often quite straightforward thing to do is to actually look at a urine sample and collecting a urine sample from home is often not too difficult to do in cats we have a, a download uh, on the website on that the same section that I referred to earlier so under helpful info and free downloads and if you collect a urine sample and then uh, take that to your vets for analysis they can look at the concentration of the urine using something called a refractometer and that tells you the uh, the urine specific gravity and I've taken a couple of pictures on this slide of, of what uh, view you get as a clinician looking uh, through your refractometer so you put a drop of urine onto this uh, device and then look through the eyepiece uh, towards a, a light so you can see this fluid line um, you can see it's blue above and white below in both of those pictures and uh, and then we um, I hope you can see my cursor oops yeah hopefully so then we look at the the blue line and on the left hand picture um, the urine specific gravity is just below what we would call 1040 so it's about 1038 um, there's multiple scales on here just to make it super confusing but in the right hand image uh, the urine specific gravity has come down now to about 1033 which um, may not sound like a massive amount but actually it's it's pretty good news so you can see that there is an impact of, of what we've done and this is very doable at home. Just one word of caution as I've put on here that dipsticks uh, which we talked about a little bit in one of the earlier um, low urine retract uh, uh, webinars um, they do potentially measure a lot of things including urine specific gravity but they're very very unreliable in cats so I would not bother to look at the USG reading on a refractometer if wanting to monitor progress of my cat uh, on uh, the, with the tips that we've talked about today. Um, if you're worried about hydration in your cat, so for example it, ha it has chronic kidney disease, um, then uh, there are a number of ways you can assess how hydrated your cat is. So that little video is looking at what we call skin tenting um, and uh, I'll just play that one more time. So where we lift up a bit of skin behind the neck and when we drop it, it should just spring back into place if your cat's hydration is good. But if it goes down a bit slowly, then that's an indicator that the cat's a little bit dehydrated. Other things we can look at as indicators of dehydration would include feeling the gums. So if your cat will let you just lift up a lip and look at the gums and touch the gums, they should feel quite moist. Um, they should not feel sticky like blue tack. Um, so we can get some indications of uh, indicators of hydration um, from looking at our cats at home. Um, and that might indirectly tell us how effective we're being with our uh, tips to encourage our cat to drink more. And as I mentioned with the CKD lectures as well, um, if we feel that we're unable to really do enough to maintain hydration, then giving fluids to a cat at home uh, subcutaneously is very possible and usually very well tolerated by cat and carer um, and is a practical option to consider if your cat with kidney disease is suffering from uh, frequent or recurrent bouts of dehydration. 
So in summary, um, encouraging drinking definitely can be a helpful tactic in a number of situations, particularly cats with lower urinary tract disease and cats with chronic kidney disease. And there are lots and lots of tips in this presentation. Um, and that's partly because none of them are perfect in isolation and every cat is different. So experimenting a little bit with uh, your cat and what works best for them um, is definitely, I think, to be recommended. And I would love as well if you have additional tips, um, things that I've not mentioned which you found helpful, I would really love it if you could share those with us in, in the Q&A afterwards because that, that would be absolutely wonderful. Um, my other summary points would be again really just sometimes it can be quite frustrating trying to do these things and not feeling like we're making much progress but I think persistence often does pay off and taking little baby steps to achieve your aim is often uh, more successful in the long term than making a big leap for your cat where it's likely to just run in the opposite direction. So I hope that's been helpful. A reminder again of some of the additional resources that I've not mentioned. So the book uh, Caring for a Cat with Low Urinary Tract Disease written by myself and Professor Danielle Gunmore might be uh, something helpful to you if you have a cat suffering from FLUTD. Um, also bear in mind that I do offer uh, telephone referrals for cat owners. So if this is something that you've, uh, of interest to you, if you have a cat that's where things are a bit of a struggle, um, do consider that as an option. And if you would like a copy of the slides that I've used please do feel free to request request those via email and we can get those to you um, or you can mention that in the chat box and we can get that through uh, to you that way as well um, and next week's cat cafe just uh, to mention that is finishing off our low urinary tract theme with talking about toileting accidents so uh, where cats in particular are urinating outside the litter box why does that happen and what can we do about that so I, I hope you'll be able to join me uh, next week for that. Thank you very much.